Welcome to the Decolonization in Action podcast, a podcast that considers how knowledge, medicine, science, and the arts are being decolonized today. My name is Edna Bonhomme, and I'm broadcasting from Berlin, Germany. If you like what you hear, please rate, comment, and share our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. This is Season 4, Episode 2, which focuses on climate policy and energy in Germany. There's a fundamental tension at the heart of a climate policy these days. Supporting renewable energy is good, but not enough. Merely increasing renewables won't enable the world to meet climate targets unless government also stops greenlighting new fossil fuel projects. Germany's green initiatives are widely considered a model for green energy policy, although they've been challenged repeatedly by the far-right party Alternative for Deutschland. Since January 1991, the initiation of the Electricity Feed-In Act, the German government has had policies that support renewable energies through feed-in tariffs, encouraging energy providers to invest in transition towards wind and solar energy. At the same time, uh, various parties, such as the Green Party politicians, have made proposals to have more initiatives that lower renewable energy prices. The energy policies have reduced carbon emissions over the past several decades, and renewable energy now makes up 27% of Germany's energy and electricity. And the government hopes to increase its share by 80% by 2015. But recently, the governing party's environmental policies have encountered setbacks. In mid-November 2020, the German Supreme Court ruled that Merkel's strategy to phase out nuclear energy by 2022, a test-out case for phasing out coal plants, was unconstitutional. The lawsuits was led by several companies that were part of Nord Stream financing, arguing that they were not adequately compensated for lost revenue. And despite the government's attempts to lead the country towards renewables, investments are still being made in new natural gas infrastructure. One of those um, infrastructure is the Nord Stream 2, which so far over 90% of the pipeline, which spans at 2,300 kilometers, has already been constructed between Narabukt, Russia, and the north coast of Germany. As of November 2020, the Nord Stream pipeline has cost $11 billion. And if completed, it will operate for at least 50 years, despite Germany's goal of being climate neutral in 30 years. In this episode of Decolonization in Action, I spoke with Sadea, an activist who has studied and worked on larger issues around justice and climate activism. Her work has also looked at renewable energies, transport energy, energy efficiencies. She's also indicated that she's attuned to decentralized movements on climate justice through Clima de Sol, more closely, and the history of sustainability initiatives in Germany. Thank you, Sadia, for joining me today on the podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I live in Berlin. My father is uh, from Eritrea and my mother is German-based. Uh, in the moment, I'm a student <laughs> again and um, I'm a freelancer for, for different projects. I work um, as a project manager for 2030 Watch and uh, some other clubs. In a way, I'm not organized in one group, but I always keep that in mind when I do some other ex activism as well. 
in the moment, I think that I should summarize it uh, for more than 10 years. So how, uh, how have you seen the activism in Germany change around environmental activism in the past 10 years? Um, I think that we had um, an older generation, which is very established and traditionalized uh, in the climate activism. Um, we have a long story uh, of climate activists, um, so long that we have some um, former groups uh, in the parliament as well. And in the last 10 years, um, there is a development which is really interesting. Um, some of the climate activists uh, concentrate more and more on, for example, renewable energies and um, the circumstances around this. And I think for three years now, we have this Fridays for Future um, activism branch in a way. And they did um, an, a new generation. They, they, they built up a new generation of activism in Germany for climate. Um, on the other hand, we have a lot of groups which are not that visible in the big society, um, which are working for more than 30 years on climate uh, crisis and climate justice topics, uh, which are often so-called migrants, and uh, they have often a connection to other countries like in the global south. Which groups do you think are most effective? The governmental, parliamentary uh, policies with environmental activism or the more grassroots organizations? It depends uh, what kind of targets you have. Um, I think when we think about um, the establishment of, for example, this co-access, um, then we should talk about these NGOs which are really close to the government. Um, because they work for more than 30 years uh, in this topic and they reached a lot of movement in this area. Um, when you think about the society um, and the daily news, for example, then you should uh, to take a look at the younger generations, the Fridays for Future and all these groups, for example, um, because the society had a problem of their strikes. This was a reason why the society, the public, started to discuss the problems of the climate crisis again. Another point of view, because they said, okay, the pupils and the students can't be uh, strike uh, their schools or their universities, and therefore um, we are really angry. <laughs> this is one part of the public. And the other part was, that um, some of the older generations uh, started to speak loud about the climate crisis again. Because we have this development that the people who fight it for renewable energies and climate justice for more than for a lot of decades, um, they were not that loud um, in the last 10 years, for example. Um, and when they took more the established ways to discuss and uh, to manage their claims. Um, and I think with this civil organized strikes, the older generations uh, started to cooperate with them. 
Um, when we think about this migrant groups, uh, migration groups that I uh, mentioned already, um, they are not that effective in the in the uh, in German wide <clears throat> or in the politics, unfortunately, because uh, no one listened to them. Can you name some of the older um, environmental groups and the migrant environmental groups? Um, when you think about um, Greenpeace, for example, they are very old. Um, then we have Forum für Entwicklung und Umwelt, Forum for Environment and Development, for example, or you have this very old uh, organization, BUND. Um, what is the word in English? This is a nature-based organization which care about biodiversity and, for example, animal protection. There was the idea behind it uh, to bring the sustainable development organizations together with the digital people who are fighting for, for example, uh, freedom of internet and stuff like that. And there you see 10 groups which are which were organized this uh, conference and this are was a, a meeting of this older generation based uh, movements uh, which are really traditionalized in the, uh, in the meanwhile and the digital uh, fighters hackers and stuff like that who are see uh, a connection between this big two topics and they tried to learn from each other on these conferences. Some of the groups uh, my father was in, but I don't know the name, it's um, from the 80s. <laughs> and um, they uh, started to reorganize um, 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 a little uh, area in their neighborhood. Um, and this is for me uh, as well a sustainable movement and an environment movement because one of the biggest topics was um, to clean up the area. Have you heard of the North Stream gas pipeline? Sure. Um, what do you know about it and how do you feel about, how do you feel about it? I think that I should listen to the um, DWE. This is an institute, a Deutsche Wirtschaftsinstitut who are saying that we don't need this old energy resource anymore. We have the challenge in this field that we should have a faster access to renewable energy here in Germany um, without taking too much resources from other countries or power. On this field, I think that we should think about it twice. Uh, I know that we have this situation, <laughs> this relationship with Russia and Germany, we have to import it by others, but I think we have a big potential to make progress in our own renewable energy uh, market and so that we have different possibilities. For myself, I worked in the field of energy efficiency for German industry. And um, I saw a lot of efficiency potentials in the companies, for example. I see as well a lot of energy uh, efficiency in our private consumer situation. I see a duty to overthink our consumer behavior.
So what I mean is, is always uh, in discussion to speak about smart cities. Uh, these gadgets have a big impact to other resources and other who have a worldwide uh, impact. It is not the question if we have this North Stream or not. We have to speak about which kind of resources we use um, and what kind of uh, results we have to await when we use this. Um, and what kind of impact we have to others, <clears throat> especially of the global south. I think this North Stream is like the desert tech discussion. Um, we speak about this consumer, and it's so normal for us to speak about the resources of others and to make a business case of it. And we say it's a diplomacy relationship, what we um, want to um, protect from struggles, for example, but in the end, uh, we often forget that we have a lot of other possibilities as well. Some people argue that natural gas is a clean energy. Do you agree with that statement? No, because uh, in the end, uh, we have a lot of other possibilities to get uh, gas, for example. I know that this uh, feels too neutral and stuff like that, but it's um, too short. Uh, to think uh, about this in this way, um, because it's a resource of nature, um, it's still a resource of nature, and um, we should have this gas still not feel too neutral or still too equivalent neutral. We still have emissions which are harmful for the world. So what types of energies or energy sources do you think Germany should invest in? First of all, as one of my main thoughts in this place. On the other hand, I worked um, in a small company for a while and I uh, wrote my bachelor thesis in this field. It's uh, biotechnology. Uh, I worked for algae, microalgae. Microalgae can generate a lot of different products. We can use it um, as an energy um, and we can plant it everywhere. So my topic in this was um, how we can harvest uh, the microalgaes, which was planned in so-called photobioreactors. So, um, <laughs> that, that means um, they needed sun on the one hand, CO2 on the other hand. So this is the input for the microalgae. And the output is, as I mentioned, oil. And if you burn it, you can get energy, warm energy from it, heating energy, sorry. Um, and as well, when we think about more renewable energy, we have different kinds of problems in this as well, because when we speak about photo, uh, photovoltaic, for example, we have still uh, solar panels, we have still the problems that we use a lot of um, um, Do you know the word, Erden? resources from Africa, we take from them um, their resources. And we handle here in Europe um, this topic like if we have free access always to this good. And this is not true, I think. And I think we have to change this point of view. Um, and I think we have to change, uh, or I think Africa or African countries or South American countries, for example, will change. Um, the access to these resources. And um, yeah, we always 
are in the danger to get to make to begin uh, wars about resources and i think this is what we have to expect for the future and on the other hand with all this behavior uh, we risk that um, other people will have healthy issues uh, social issues working issues and this poor deprivation issues as well and one of the ways i think um, which is really important to think about it is to to overhanding power in a way and this will be a very interesting discussion in the next decade um, and when we are not aware and not aware now um, i think we will have uh, a lot of struggles in the next 20 years Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and to be able to lay out what your thoughts were. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your question and your interest in it. Germany is going through transition, and not just in terms of its energy usage. Long term, Chancellor Angela Merkel is preparing to step down in 2021. Regime change will leave some uncertainties, especially as the AfD, the third largest party, continues to oppose climate agreements. As the country pivots from a combination of fossil fuels to a greater reliance on renewables, both social movements and new policies will be needed to sustain greener energy alternatives. As Bertha Caceres, the late Honduran environmental activist, once said, quote, we must undertake the struggle in all parts of the world, wherever we may be, because we have no other spare or replacement planet. We have only this one and we have to take action. Forestalling the impending climate crisis won't just require modest reforms and green energy subsidies. It will take a green revolution specifically aimed at transitioning away from fossil fuels. My name is Edna Bonhomme and you're listening to the Decolonization in Action podcast. And this episode featured digitally based voices in Berlin, Germany. As always, there is a list of references and a bibliography in the show notes. To learn more about the podcast or to find out more information about the people and events referenced, please visit www.decolonizationinaction.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Deck in Action. If you want to hear, rate, or comment, please go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for joining us.